Welcome to Layout, a podcast about design, technology, and everything else. I am Rafa. And I'm Kevin. <laughs> and in this episode, we talk about our predictions and how we feel about the rumored Apple's VR headset, I bet. So, let's go! Did you miss not having a co-host that's like fighting you for <laughs> the intro? Just trying to keep me out of control, out of the, the, the structure. We have a structure, we have a plan, and it all points he's just pulling me like trying to get yeah, out of the plant that feels like my entire goal for each episode to see yeah. i can knock you off course it's okay man i have a toddler you know like i'm, I'm used to like just oh you don't want to leave now well guess what you're gonna have to oh you don't want to do the intro no we're doing it kevin well i guess yeah this is the, the privilege of uh doing the editing yeah <laughs> you, i have all the control you can make me do whatever you want uh <laughs> Um, I want to say a huge thanks to Freddie for filling in last week. I uh, was away, as uh, y'all mentioned on the show, and uh, mentioned at the last minute. I totally forgot. We've <laughs> <laughs> the last minute. Only the real listeners will know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted wanted to say thank you. And Freddie was so good on the show. I always love having her around. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting to listen to the show as a listener instead of a collaborator and a contributor to it and uh i was like yeah i listen to that you know if i wasn't on it <laughs> so <laughs> it was a great episode so now we can put a, a little testimonial on our website kevin say like yeah i finally listened to it and i'll listen to that listener in co-host <laughs> yeah i would listen to it with the only caveat that only listen to the parts that i'm not in <laughs> so you're welcome or i'm sorry listeners for being on so many episodes yeah thanks to freddie i had a lot of fun and uh you know she's very much part of the core ethos of the show because you know as we said we started doing this because we wanted to talk to each other about tech stuff mm-hmm. uh and might as well record that and similar to freddie like freddie and i were friends and, and we i just enjoyed talking to her about stuff and i was like well might as well just record it i mean she is part of the layout cinematic expanded universe so yeah <laughs> she is <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah thanks freddie go check her out and if you haven't listened to that episode it's a good one so links in the show notes one of the things that you two talked about mm-hmm. was the new pro apps that apple randomly dropped on their website yeah uh, logic pro and final cut pro yeah uh, and i saw on uh, mastodon that you actually have used logic pro i haven't used it because somehow i thought that these apps weren't supported on my 2018 iPad, but it seems like it, that's only for Final Cut, but Logic Pro would be supported. That's right. So the Final Cut app, it requires an M1 iPad, but the Logic supports whatever a something something Bionic ship the 2018 uh, iPad Pro has. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the one I have. This is the one you have. That was like the best model. That was the best iPad Pro, uh, the 2018 one. Yeah, that was a good one to get. I actually got mine in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was there for a work trip and I wasn't really planning on getting one. And then I went to the Apple store <laughs> and then it happened to me. It happened. It just happened. It just happened. Wasn't it the first one without the home button? I saw the bezels and face ID and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first one of that new design. Yeah, the square bo- the box. It one. feels like the only one where like 
you needed the upgrade like if you had the older yep. one um since then it's been like eh. up until now like now with, with these apps it's the first time since 2018 so you know five years that i felt like not that i needed an upgrade but i you know i entertained an upgrade like hmm, should i get a new ipad mm-hmm. maybe to try those things because i think that the previous thing that was somehow like not supported in this model was a uh, stage manager yeah which i didn't really care for and then but they kind of rolled that back and then it was like i think it's stage manager or an external monitor whatever there's like some limitation something that this model doesn't support but that was not a good enough reason to you know it didn't create fomo for me Mm -hmm. but now kind of so yeah i tried logic i played with it because i have this this idea for like a project and i have this idea for like a theme song for that with based on my son's recording of his heartbeat (laughs) that is super cool and it's like making a music out of that. So I had that music in my head for, well, two years, three years now. So when I got this, I wanted to play with it, mostly because I was just, as I mentioned on the show, like I used Logic on the Mac for a long time to edit this show. But, you know, editing podcasts, it's not really what Logic was made for. And it's not that it's a bad experience, but, you know, you're using like a little corner of what the app can afford, you know, can give you in and so it's a massive app. Like it's one of those apps that I, you know, the traditional pro apps, like stuff like Blender or whatever. Like the, mm-hmm. if you're trying just to get started, uh, it can be very overwhelming. There's so much. <laughs> and I was just, I was curious to, to see how they carried over to the iPad. Also from a UI perspective, like I was curious to see how they addressed a lot of the constraints of this small device and touchscreen device. That's interesting. But, but yeah, so I had like just, a use case like okay i want to try to make this song without really knowing how to mm. and that's the best for side projects like you really want to have like yeah you have the motivation here's the mission like here's what i want to accomplish and then you just figure out what you need to learn yeah and uh damn it, it really is a super overwhelming app because there's so 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 much and it's not just kind of like blender like learning the app like learning the ui is one part of it but then in the case of logic like well but then knowing about music theory and like just how instruments work like and what you know like (laughs) i was trying to achieve a get to this but i feel like you already know music no like didn't you have a band for a while i know music like i know music but not really music production much i see like i know just enough basic eqing compressors blah 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 but then i was like i'm trying to achieve this you like marissa meyer you know just enough to be dangerous (laughs) (laughs) yes uh in this case, I was trying to, to get to this synthesizer sound that I have in my head. And like what goes in a synthesizer, like how many little controls you have and what those mean. It's there's so much. Mm-hmm. Like not kidding. There's like forty little sliders and knobs and for different things and I don't really know what they all do. I mean, like I know what one or two does and that's it. And that's just like for one synthesizer <laughs> module. So anyway, there's just a lot. But I'm having fun and it's it's really the first time I see a truly pro app in a sense on the ipad uh at least that i've used not that those don't exist but like the ones that i've actually tried to use and it's good i think it's well made right i don't know i guess i don't know enough to be able to judge it or especially compare it with other apps in this space because i don't know how to use them but it's yeah it's fun it's impressive how do you feel that it compares to GarageBand, for example because to me as a like non- user of either of these apps i'm like eh, this kind of looks like garage band with maybe a slightly different ui i don't know but it feels very similar whereas like i can clearly tell that final cut and iMovie is not the same but mm-hmm. have you like does it feel very familiar or it still feels different it's like comparing uh, i don't know freeform to 
sketch or something. Okay. Like, yeah, it's kind of like the same. Like, well, (laughs) maybe, but that's like just the surface level is kind of similar. But behind the curtain, it's not even like 5% of what (laughs) stuff can do. So it's kind of like that. Like the basic UI, well, in this case on the iPad, it's actually very different because they just, there's so much like different panels, windows, stuff that you have to open. And on a Mac, it's just, well, it will open like a different window. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a floating window. Like all the little plugins and stuff have their own little Chrome. And it's actually kind of fun that UI-wise, like all these little plugins and, and effects have their own type of UI. Like the sliders look different on this one, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> or like this one, it's like a blue metallic Chrome for some reason. <laughs> and this other one is like all like flat 2D Tron legacy looking thing. Like screw consistency is like part of the culture, <laughs> I guess, of music software. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I feel like thinking about it from like a design systems perspective, like I find that these power apps mm. often push the like Apple design language to its limits. Yeah. And kind of go rogue in some ways. Yeah. Um and so I wonder I wonder what the the reputation internally is like, ah, oh, these <laughs> these folks <laughs> just do whatever the heck they want and always like destroy our beautiful <laughs> beautiful ideas. But seriously, that is very true. Yeah. It's all custom. It's all custom UI. Like even stuff like the toolbar at the top. Mm. Uh it kinda looks like sure it's custom because you have a bunch of like custom controls and stuff. But let's say the top right corner is the same like a toolbar with some uh, sf icons you know for controls but even the toolbar is like slightly shorter mm. not as tall as the default one Interesting. it's all a little custom like for example the they kind of have a like an onboarding type thing like it's this one project you open and it has these little like tool tips and stuff in the ui kind of guiding you through the ui and the first time i opened it it looks like a sheet you know like an ios sheet but of course not full width just a floaty sheet and at the top has a little you know like the drag indicator like the, the little pill shaped mm-hmm. thingus at the, in the center and that usually means just oh you can swipe that up and down it's like a mm-hmm. drag thing and i thought oh can i swipe down this floating sheet um but no that's like you can just drag it around oh and that's okay, it. interesting it's like a drag indicator but not up and down in the in the normal sense of you know those sheets huh so you can drag it around a canvas it's weird it's weird but they have to it has to be weird because if you follow basic you know stock conventions in the hague you just can't achieve this yeah and i think that these things are actually good right like for a design system because if you're really approaching there's essentially two philosophies i think here there's a like design the system kind of approach where like thinking about like the different components you're thinking like really system first and then there's the other approach just like think essentially application first think of like what is the use case what is the app what is the thing that we want people to accomplish and those are kind of like different approaches and like both have their advantages but what's interesting is where they meet in the middle that if you only design the system you sometimes end up in a situation where it ends up limiting the overall sort of like ability for the platform to like have great use cases that are going to be useful like i'm sure for example like this app is like makes the ipad way more useful than it was previously but versus the the challenge of going app first is you'll often end up like hitting yourselves against the wall and being like oh like there's actually like nothing designed here in the system Mm -hmm. like we actually need to make slightly different decisions when we're not in this like perfect world and so i'm gonna look forward to see 
are there things from there that end up influencing the system back to make some of the things that they do right now that are very custom, maybe more standardized yeah. or maybe, you know, lead to a totally different UI approach or different UI treatment, but that actually lends itself better to real world applications. And I think potentially an example of that has been the, um, like how they rejiggered the top bar on the iPad, like for these more powerful apps where they have the title on the left side instead of being in the center and like they're kind of clearing out more space to have a lot of functionality in the toolbar. I feel like that probably came from, hey, there's a use case, whether it's like the files app or whether it's like another one of their apps. I was like, hey, look, like we're not able to fit the kind of actions that we need. How do we Mm -hmm. change the system to allow some of these things to happen? I'd be curious to see if we're going to see anything on, uh, you know, at the dub with iPadOS whatever 17 like Mm -hmm. can we connect these dots can we see like oh like yeah because they did this in logic and final cut now it's part of the the os or whatever because it's nice you know it's always useful when you dog food your own stuff and i feel like these two apps maybe more than at any point in the ipad's life like it forced apple to try to make the things that they've been asking developers to make like oh you want powerful professional tools on the ipad well you try it and you'll see what what happens even if it's just in in actual usage like apple put a bunch of resources into this and i wonder how much you know how many people will actually subscribe because mm-hmm. that's another interesting model uh, another part of this is the pricing model so they're going to feel this i was talking to i saw um matthew Cassadelli. he pointed out the fact that these two apps they don't have any shortcut support mm, I see. which is you know that's the one thing hey as a developer my apple pr person like my, my apple developers relations person is always telling me like hey what about you you know support this new feature this new api what about shortcuts have you thought about that like well yeah tell your own <laughs> engineers like you know hopefully they'll they'll learn a little bit from this experience and hopefully that gets converted in whatever developer tooling or experience or whatever we are sponsored once again this week by Guide Guide. Now, last week I wasn't on the episode because I was traveling and something that made me really sad about missing the episode is I couldn't be there to tell you about our sponsor, Guide Guide. Guide Guide has been around for years in all of your favorite design tools and it's really the best tool to help you create powerful grids and guides. And Honestly, this is such an important thing as a designer, as you're designing your design systems, if you're designing something more editorial or if you're designing more of an app, to really have a strong grid system. What's great about Guide Guide is it allows you to be flexible and contextual by creating guides over just a specific portion of the page. So you just highlight where you want your grid to be. Um, they have a, a smart notation so you can basically use grid notation to write complicated grid systems that no other grid tool can handle. It's really fantastic. It's super easy to use. I really recommend you go check them out at guideguide.me slash layoutfm. We'll have a link in the show notes. And the cool thing about their website is you can use the entire product entirely on the web, entirely on the website. You can give it a try. You can see how it works. You can get familiar with the UI even before you start your trial. 
If you do want to start a trial and get a subscription, you can get a 20% discount off of the Polymath tier. If you use our link, the code will be applied automatically. Otherwise, just Layout FM at checkout and you will get 20% off the Polymath tier. And um, speaking of the developer, the developer is, is super funny and super passionate about this problem. And uh, he created an amazing video that's a how to, how does guide guide work? Highly recommend you check it out. Super funny. Um, you won't regret it. The developer of Guide Guide is an indie. He's a one person, uh, designer and developer who built this. Fun fact, he illustrated 60 of GitHub's first Octocats, which is super cool. Um, and he built Guide Guide as a side project and now is really trying to invest into creating the best tool for designers. It's really worth checking it out. Go to guideguide.me slash layoutfm, learn all about Guide Guide and take your designs to the next level. Our thanks to Guide Guide for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Okay, enough about logic and Final Cut. Okay, by logic. Let's get to WWDC. This is, I think, an interesting one for me. Obviously, you know, there's always tons of rumors these days. You never go into them entirely spoiler-free anymore. But what makes this year special is apparently it should be the year where Apple announces, unveils their rumored VR headset that they've been working on for years. And we kind of don't know a lot about it. I feel like, I mean, there's been like little bits and pieces that I have leaked here and there, but I feel like I still have a lot of open questions about it. Most of my questions are software based. I think hardware wise, I feel pretty confident that I have a good picture of what this is going to look like. Well, and by the way, I'm not going to dub-dub. I didn't get an invite, and I'm heartbroken. I just want to mention this and put it on the show, because <laughs> today, this morning, I had to cancel my hotel. and my. Uh-huh. I tried to cancel my flights, and they're like, ah, sorry, you got them non-refundable, non-cancelable things. I'm like, crap. But uh, if you want, you can reschedule them. And I'm like, okay, can I reschedule to next year? <laughs> <laughs> trying to guess like all right next year when do you think the double is gonna happen wow so anyway <laughs> one day <laughs> one day <laughs> i bummed out because i really feel like this is a special year but yeah so all right i just wanted to vent to go back i think hardware wise this is what i based on rumors this is how i see this it's gonna be a headset it's not entirely different from other vr headsets in the market it's probably just gonna be a better version of those meaning it's whatever something you put on your face. If it has a band, just wrap around band, or it has a thing on the top. I don't know. If it's more like a helmet or more like a goggles, I don't know. But whatever, it's probably going to be very comfortable, and the build quality is going to be way better than anything cheap plastic thing out there. Because pretty much all the experience I have with VR headsets, it's all like PlayStation VR stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for that, they had to drive the cost like way down. Like they need to keep that under. I think now it retails for like $400, I think. And this has been rumored to cost like more than 3000 Right. So, like, I don't think they're going to shy away from build quality and comfort. Honestly, I'm envisioning this like similar to the AirPods, uh, what they call it, the ones I'm wearing right now. AirPods Max? Max. Yeah. 
<laughs> so aluminum in this like this mesh band thing probably is probably going to have a like a digital crown some way. I don't know. <laughs> and then I think this is also rumored that it's going to be have like two 4K uh, panels, so one for each eye. The one thing I still don't know. Is it going to have an external facing display or not? I don't know. Yeah, it's been interesting to see lots of people go back and forth on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of cool, but I also agree that it like if you're going to spend power on something, like who cares about the other like the side that you don't see as the wearer? Yeah. Of these like yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, if it was the case of like, oh, can we put a glowing Apple logo on the back? Like, well, yeah, sure. It doesn't, it's not that, that expensive. But in this case, a whole external display, external facing display, uh, that's, that's a lot of cost that goes into that. But also uh, battery power, which I assume, you know, this is going to be its constraints of this device. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be wireless, uh, we've, we've seen the rumors of like belts like clip belt thing with magnets <laughs> like a, a battery belt you have to wear i don't know <laughs> sounds kind of weird whatever it is it's not going to be something i don't think it's going to be cool like you know i think it's just well we made it as nice as we can but no one's going to be like "Ooh, i want to wear one of those i want people to see me wearing one of those i think it's still going to be a vr thing you wear it home. yeah which i don't think is much of a problem because it's going to be i mean it's going to be sleek right like it's going to be some form of aluminum and glass and cool materials that Apple's using. So, like, I don't think it's going to look too clunky. It's obviously, like, you're wearing essentially ski goggles on your face, so there's no avoiding that. But anyways, I don't think anyone's taking that anywhere outside their home. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that becomes much more of an issue once you graduate over to, like, the glasses that someone's supposed to wear you know all day every day mm-hmm. that's like when things have to really look not like big and bulky and annoying mm-hmm. but i think they can get away with a lot i just i don't know what do you see yourself using this for that's a big question isn't it obviously game is like a is a big one but i've been like thinking about this a lot and i feel like that's probably not a product for me <laughs> Like, before I see anything, I've certainly reserved the right to change my mind on this when I see it. But, like, I don't know what I would want to use this for. Like, sure, I'd want to play a few games for, like, a week. (laughs) And then I'd probably get bored with it. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? That's a big question. It's going to be funny, I think, interesting to listen back to this, like, after the announcement. Yes. (laughs) How we change our minds, like, 180 degrees. But today, the parts of this that get me excited is new developer like new software platform from apple that's exciting new hardware like different stuff that we've seen from apple that's exciting that's always cool um that's it <laughs> like actually i'm not excited for a, a vr headset if you will like that because i mm-hmm. like i said one of the most fun interesting compelling use cases of vr is gaming i was excited about some of vr gaming from playstation like from Apple gaming, those two are the things that they don't really work well. Like they don't really work together. Uh, I'm sure they probably will demo a game or two, right? I don't know. But like, for example, last year, one of the big games that they've showcased and they demoed was Resident Evil Village, right? I don't know if you remember. And it's mm-hmm. still still being featured on the Mac App Store. It's like the big, the one game. Because to be honest, the Mac doesn't get a lot of AAA games. <laughs> and even Resident Evil Village was released on a Mac, like what, two years or a year after it was released on the main consoles. But 
Here's an interesting thing about that game, that particular game. It was one of the few, or if not the only, like AAA full game that got VR support for the PlayStation VR. So that game is already built to support VR. Mm-hmm. You can play the whole game in VR. Hmm. And I've tried in with the PlayStation VR too. To be honest, it's also a horror game. And it's f- terrifying. <laughs> terrifying <laughs> game. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if Apple is like, oh yeah, you want to try my VR headset? Uh, yeah, try this one game that we have. Uh, you will shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did remember. So a long time ago now in our office, we had the Oculus Vive. Um, and that's where I got most of my experience with VR. Wait, I think you're, you mean the HTC Vive? Yeah, not Oculus Vive. Yeah. <laughs> HTC Vive. Yeah. There you go. And uh, we had a handful of games. And I, I vividly remember like there was one sort of horror kind of shooting game but it was very basic like you're sort of in that forest and you can kind of like walk in like a small square radius and then shoot some zombies yeah Uh, but the thing is like you always at some point will inevitably forget that zombies can come from all sides (laughs) not just the front because you're used you used to be be in a video game where like it feels like in a normal video game things mostly come from the front and I have never and you don't have to move your head yeah yeah to play and I have never been this scared playing like an actual uh, video game like you know something that like gives you like a literal like jump scare (laughs) and so I was like ooh okay like that's the power of these VR things there's also another one I don't know if you've played with these at all but like where you're a robot and you need to escape this sort of like robot factory and teleport between places and it's a really really fun game like really interesting game mechanic but i don't see how you can play any of these games without a decent controller right okay so the rumor is that this headset will have external sensors and cameras and probably like lidar cameras so it'll be really good at just recognizing your hands so your hands are your controller and I'm, maybe they can do it in the keynote like kind of like how steve jobs said and hey, we need an input <laughs> device a stylus right no we were born with this with this input devices our fingers so tim <laughs> cook will try to do something similar like you know we were born with these input devices our hands good morning <laughs> Good morning. Uh, so, <laughs> I think that's that's what they're going to do. And, and to be honest, like the PlayStation VR, for example, it's not just with your hands. Although there are already headsets who do that, but this one has just these controllers, one for each hand, and it's trying to do some of that. It has a bunch of sensors to know if you're like pointing or doing that stuff. Mm. So it's already trying to track your your hand movements. They can pull that off. Like if their if their hardware is in software is really good at knowing exactly what you're doing with your hands, then we can easily say like, hey, do a little like finger guns and, and you know, <laughs> shoot, you know, with your thumbs or something to shoot. I, I don't know. But you can, I think you can go far with that. I mean, I'm going to call it right here. I do not think this will be a successful gaming platform unless they have a good first party controller. <laughs> no. Yeah. See, I, Mm, I think Apple being Apple, they'd be like, no controllers. Like, the you know, no stylus. Sure. I mean, they want to be themselves. They will continue not having a successful gaming platform other than the phone. But the phone is kind of an anomaly because it's just wildly, like, the most successful product of all time. But if you don't have the most successful product of all time, I, I really have a hard time seeing how this can be a super compelling 
gaming platform other than the novel kind of like hey like i've tried playing a game on my uh, apple tv right like it's a thing you can do but it's terrible so yeah okay but first of all that would be very of apple thing an apple thing to do like oh no we're stubborn we're not going to support those things that all the gamers kind of need and want and then it's just they never get, have a successful gaming platform but also i would argue that all of vr gaming doesn't have the necessary things to be a successful gaming platform hmm. <laughs> if you will like, all of vr gaming is kind of, not like a fad but it's you know it's not replacing or becoming the de facto not even just a de facto but it's not even becoming the like pinnacle of gaming experience right with just maybe a with a couple exceptions but uh, you know yes maybe there's more and more games for vr and you kind of see it in waves like maybe with the playstation vr like all of a sudden there's more games being made and then it kind of fades out again but still like the best games coming out they're not vr i mean breath of zelda thing just came out and you know but of course that's nintendo it's a different story but you know mm-hmm. it's not becoming like the thing <laughs> the the pinnacle of gaming so combine those two things vr and apple like oof that's not i don't think gaming is not going to be the main selling point or even focus of this device i don't think Hmm. so what do you think it will be (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i have no idea all the things we can think of is like oh you can have facetime calls in vr i don't know what that also means i don't know if you can create like a memoji version like avatar version kind of like metaverse type thing right of people that, that was also the metaverse thing like they've, facebook has spent so much time and dollars into trying to convince us that this vr thing was going to be the future and incredible and i, I think even now they gave them up yeah i mean so i don't see it i i can't think of a compelling thing that would justify not just the price of this device but like being in vr is it's so tiring like you know that's that's why i always die down like the 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 vr fat i got a new vr headset get really excited to play some cool games i am amazed by the experience and then that amazement of course fades a little bit because it's not new anymore and then very quickly it crosses the threshold of like yeah it's nice but like not worth it like not worth the hassle of having to set up a room or you know push the furniture around and like set up the thing and plug the cable and like get the controllers and then i can't talk to people you know it's not worth it so this needs to be compelling and worth the hassle <laughs> and if i need to put a battery belt that's already like a hassle. Like that's already raising the bar of like, okay, it needs to be really compelling for me to put on my battery belt. Yeah. That being said, if it is compelling, then the battery belt thing is somewhat interesting because then you can have multiple batteries and swap them out and maybe it makes things more comfortable. So like I'm willing to play along with the battery belt thing, even though it's definitely like, it'll be interesting to see how they represent this on their website. Let, let me just say, um, I wouldn't be surprised if you basically never see anyone wearing this, like from the back, <laughs> like you only sit from the front where you can't see the cable. I can already see Apple having like an assortment of, you know, just like the watch bands, right? Or like belts, like, Oh, with this beautiful, uh, leather belt, <laughs> like look at the buckle on this belt. It's, woven but i'm definitely going for that milanese belt uh, holder for my battery <laughs> oh man milanese battery belt <laughs> but yeah gaming it's like apple's uh typical challenges are 
ahead of itself. Then the FaceTime thing, I think, can maybe be compelling. I mean, I've heard from people that have used the Facebook thing that, you know, it was compelling. But the challenge is other people have to have it. I don't think other than probably you, I don't know anyone in my life who will have one. Um, so, and then if you're you're the only person in VR and you're looking at a person on a flat surface, that just doesn't seem to be that compelling to me. And then there it is. So it crosses the threshold of not worth the battery. Yeah. Part. And then the productivity angle, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I still have a lot of questions on how are you going to navigate around these interfaces of like scrolling, selecting items. I know they have the like you pinch your two fingers to like select something but like how precise are these things going to be like for actually doing a lot of work and you end up in that like minority report thing of like your hands are always out because they need to be seen for the actions to take place that must get tiring so fast eye tracking can go not a long way but you know a medium way (laughs) it can go a short way (laughs) uh it can help but you make a good point. And I was talking to a friend the other day about, um, we were talking about this and what to expect or whatever. And I was, I, I realized that this is, I don't think I've ever seen anything from Apple similar to this in, in the sense that from everything we know so far, and again, maybe in two weeks we'll be all, we'll be surprised and just realize how wrong we've been this whole time. But based on what we know so far, I've never seen Apple launch a new product in a new product category targeted at a very niche market. <clears throat> Mac like, Pro. <laughs> the iPad came out, and then the iPad Pro came out like 10 years later or whatever. Like the iPhone came out, for, you know, sure it was expensive and all, but like the iPhone was sold, was pitched, and like everyone and anyone wants to have this, right? Maybe not everyone can afford it, you know, maybe today, but we'll work on that, but... You know, it's a mass appealing product, and they've done that with pretty much every product category that they've they've gotten they've entered. And yes, they make the Mac Pro, but that was not the first Mac, right? Macintosh was like the first computer for everyone, or whatever. So usually they work from the other way, like they take something that maybe was a niche thing, like a computer, whatever, and they find a way to make that work for you know the mere hmm. mortal or <laughs> whatever and this one feels like no no they're starting from a you know this is for the super professionals you know no 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 you're you, this is not for your mom this is like the xdr of products like no 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 like th- this is i know it's very expensive but if you compare it to like other professional things then it's cheaper i don't know basically again on what we've seen that that is weird and that is that puts apple like playing a game that we've never seen them play before. And I don't know how I feel about it. Because to your point, if only one or two people that you know have this device, its its value and what it can do kind of changes. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, Apple's no stranger to charging a premium for their products and stuff. And I don't think that's necessarily what we're complaining about here. But it's more like, in order for this to be a successful platform, Actually, in order for this to be a platform, you need a lot of users. Because who's going to be the game developer who's like, I'm going all in. Like, I'm investing all the time to like port my game to make it work really, really well with all of the weird, strange ways that it works compared to all other systems. Uh, 
I don't think that would be a good business move unless there's a ton of users. Same thing for a lot of apps, to be honest. Like, even the iPad at this point is often a questionable, you know, investment for a lot of app developers. Yeah. With this being a very sort of niche device that very few people are going to get, I have a hard time seeing how it's going to have a lot of compelling apps. And frankly, these things are what makes any device. And so it just seems like it's in a tough place right now of like, I don't know that it's going to get that much adoption. Technologically speaking, might be very advanced, might be very cool, but I think it'll run right back into the yeah but what what is this for like after you've played with it for a while and i know they're planning on cheaper alternatives but it's going to be interesting to see what they can actually cut on right because imagine you're designing again i'm thinking games but like it can actually be apps in this world like if their apps have some element of like 3d aspects um they can't really release a less powerful version of this Right. Because now, like, you know, you're kind of designing for a certain set of characteristics. And if the next version, the cheaper version, is like way less powerful, well, now you've got a problem. So I don't think they can cut on that. Like, I think they'll have to find little places where they can cut. Can they cut on having the screens be lower resolution? It's like, ooh, boy, that's like a tough thing, right? Like, you want people to be reading text and, like, doing all these things. It's, like, hard place to cut. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, like, what the road to making this a more consumer product is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be an easy one. And looking at all of this, again, we have no information, right? So like, it's going to be interesting in two weeks to see how wrong we were about all of this. But um, my kind of feeling is this might be one of Apple's first like big product that they announced that's kind of a flop, like that kind of doesn't really go anywhere. Um, <laughs> I don't want to call it a flop before it even is announced, but I get what you're saying. I mean, again, with all the caveats, but I mean, like that is not a huge customer success and they might be fine with that, actually, <laughs> for like the first time because I think this is the price of admission for the AR glasses market and that's the compelling product (laughs) and it's like part of me feels like a someone with like a tim cook kind of mindset is like hey i know that the important compelling thing is that ar product and we need to be a leader when whenever the technology is in the right place and in order for us to be in the best place to capitalize on that like that's the shift that they can't miss we want to release this sort of like half product that is maybe not going to be super compelling for users, but it's going to like turn us into the very best company to take over that like glasses they are thing. I mean, yeah, maybe that's the plan. Like they have to get something out, but it's so atypical of Apple and Apple is held to different set of expectations. (sighs) Completely. So I don't know what that'll do uh, to the, yeah, if the, actual device that they wanted to ship like if the goal the vision is like eight years into the future and we're just gonna have to live with these niche kind of weird 
uh, products until then, expensive. What is that going to do to the actual product 80 years in the future? Like is, or are we, when we finally get there, people already considered a flop and checked out on the whole idea? No. I, yeah, I don't know. Here's a question that I want to see Apple answer in the announcement. What use cases, what demos, what, what, what can this do that is going to get me like excited long-term? Not a thing that, ooh, I want to try that now, because like, that's ultimately the whole thing of VR. Like VR gaming is you try it, And you're like, this is incredible. This is cool. This is probably one of the best experiences I've had like in gaming uh, history ever. Amazing. But then someone asks you, okay, but from now on, would you just do this type of gaming? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Because, oof, it's a lot. It's, uh, it requires a lot. Like, if I can't just sit on my couch and play a normal game in my 4K TV, uh, no. So, similarly here... I think it's easy for Apple to demo something that, that get people excited, like, ooh, I want to try that. that. That looks like a cool experience. That's easy. The hard part, and the thing that they kind of have to prove and they kind of have to get to avoid being just another VR headset that gets thrown into a drawer a month in, is like, all right, but what can, you, what can this do that can replace or change how I do X? I mean, this seems to be geared towards a more professional use case. So, hey, I have a pretty cool setup, a large monitor, keyboards. It's a really cool technology that, <laughs> that I'm very familiar with and, and, and comfortable with. You know, Mac OS is, works for me. What can this offer that is going to make me more excited long-term and, and want to change how I do things? Um, so we'll see. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I, so I, I've said a couple of things, right? Like, I don't think this, this might not be a product for me. And I think it's like actually a very possible scenario that this product is not a successful product in the market um, I also believe that it will be cool <laughs> like, don't get me wrong it's gonna be cool like they're gonna have really interesting like yeah. uh, approaches to like the UI with it and like introduce a whole bunch of new patterns I think we're gonna be learning a lot from that like every time Apple's introduced a new platform from a design perspective I think they try to like push the design language of what you know, we can do and certainly like influence the industry. Like it's gonna do all of these things too. And so that's why like I'm super excited about it. Like I think it's the fascinating product Same, yeah. in a way that like Apple releasing the nth iPad is just not. <laughs> it's just like whatever. <laughs> Guys like it's fine. This is like all right, like game on, right? Like I feel like they have to go out on a limb with this kind of product. And really, like, convince people that this is going to be something worthwhile. So I think we're in for for a good show. It'll be interesting to see how they demo this. And if anything, I kind of have a feeling like this kind of product really benefits from the pre-recorded video, like, introduction. Right? Because imagine doing this live on stage. Yeah. Because how do you demo VR? Yeah. You can't, right? It has to be this, like, CGI put together thing like uh meta has, has done similar things right like where they like yeah. you know have the the presenter be in that like 3d environment and like you can actually see what they're doing and all that so i think that's also going to be something really cool for us to see like how they're doing all the the editing and the videos the production quality of their videos have already been the best that <laughs> of, of anyone in the industry but i think this is about to take things to like the next level so 
Yeah, very exciting. Uh, curious what that's going to mean for other platforms like iOS, uh, macOS. I mean, it's already somewhat abandoned, but mostly interested in iOS, to be honest. Um, hopefully we still see some progress being made there. But uh, yeah, it should be an interesting event. All right, Kevin, should we do recommendations and uh, let people on their way? Let's do it. Do you want to start with your recommendation? I can start. Hey, I've, I've been uh, gathering a lot of recommendations um, I have a good backlog of recommendations. We mentioned in the previous episode with Freddy that uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game came out. Oh my lord, I'm loving that. <laughs> it's so impressive. Succession is kicking ass. To this week's episode of Ted Lasso just broke me. So good, so wholesome, so I was bawling. But my recommendation is going to be an app because <laughs> I'm a nerd. It's called Portal. And have you heard of this? No, Portal? I haven't. Not not the game portal. Yeah, but. that's the only reference I have. <laughs> no, it's this app that offers you a bunch of... Uh, wallpapers is not the right word, but like wallpaper experiences, if you will, that it turns your wallpaper into a video, like a live <laughs> video. It has spatial audio, and it also has integrations with smart lights. So like at this point like what? <laughs> so what this does? Do you have a link to this? Uh, yeah. Because I'm trying to Google it, I cannot find anything. Portal app. Portal app. Um. Oh, but this is for the Mac. Oh, okay, okay. Portal app slash Mac. Yeah, that video says everything. So they have a bunch of different wallpapers, if you will, uh, like live wallpapers. Of it's usually very relaxing uh environment so like you know a beach a beautiful sunset a beautiful forest thing and the video itself it's not very busy it's supposed to be like calming and just create an ambient thing um and then you have the spatial audio of usually like calming or you know like white noise type of sounds and it turns the whole again the whole computer turns into that you know environment it's like your, your desktop is a window to whatever incredible vista that you've selected and then also you have this smart light integration like i actually happen to have a hue i think it's called hue bridge whatever hue lights on the back of my monitor and it found the the, the hue bridge i've connected to it i selected like this light and so the lights on my office oh match my that environment so if I have like an orangey sunset or something, like my wall behind my monitor is like orangey, and so it's it really creates a cool environment. Uh, and I've tried that. Like instead of playing music, I got in my desk for you know to top of the morning and to begin my workday, and I've picked one of these cool environments, and it was really cool just to for me to focus. Um, it was really nice. It's really well made. So check it out. Links in the show notes. That is probably one of the coolest apps I've seen in a long time. This is awesome. This, <laughs> nice. this is really fun. Does it like ruin performance on your computer or? I haven't felt anything. No, not really. I, I don't. Okay. One thing that I don't like. Well, first it's, it's a subscription based thing, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a free trial. I'm still on a free trial. I don't know if I'll pay for it, but maybe I'm enjoying it. But the one thing I don't like is that it keeps the app icon in your dock. Oh, no. <laughs> I just don't like that. <laughs> well, that's an easy fix. But uh, yeah. No, the videos can get big, uh, but there's an, a setting that you can like define what's the maximum amount of like cache thing you want to use. So it doesn't just go overboard. That is very neat. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try this after. <laughs> cool. My recommendation this week is beef. 
not just like beef in general. I mean, beef the show on Netflix. Yeah, I've tried it. It's delicious. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry to our vegan listeners. No, what I'm talking about is like a beef, like when Rafa and I are having a beef about something, you know, happens all the time off That's the great. air, but you, you never can never tell. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's your blood pumping. Um, so this is a show on Netflix. It was released a couple weeks ago and, uh, it stars Ali Wong and Stephen Yun, a whole host of other actors. And basically the story is it's two strangers and they get into sort of like a road rage incident, like one almost like bumps into the other person's car. Um, and from there, they both decide that their mission in life is going to be to ruin the other person's life. <laughs> and uh, it's sort of one of these shows that the premise is kind of like, okay, whatever and then it just like progressively gets more and more intense um and i'm not all the way done yet i still have a few episodes left but it's been very entertaining ali wong is just so good in this show like really really incredible and it's been really fun and it's like a interesting sort of black comedy style of show it feels very different from like other shows on Netflix and I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, go check it out. I didn't watch it, but my partner did. So it was playing around, you know, in the house and I caught a couple of scenes and it looked like a really cool show. Yes. Is it an A24 show? Cause if it's not, it's it looks like, yeah. it, okay. <laughs> it has that, has that vibe. Hey, real time follow up. Sorry. There's this, whatever public event Eddie Q says that Apple only makes things consumers care about ahead of the reality pro announcement or whatever. So, you know, well, anyway, sorry, maybe I'll cut this. I guess we're going to care about it. (laughs) (laughs) As a consumer. I don't know. So far, so far I'm thinking my strategy for this is, is going to be, I will order it and then return it. (laughs) It's like what I'm, I'm feeling the arc of this product is going to be for me, but we'll see. All right. We'll see how wrong we are next time we talk to everyone, because in the meantime, we're going to say goodbye for this week. And, um, you can follow us on the internets or Mastodon or are you on blue sky? I don't have an invite. It's Kevin on blue sky for blue sky. So I've been left out. I can give you an invite. I think I have one. (laughs) I missed the boat. I think I still have one. I'll send you an invite. Yes. Eventually we'll probably be on blue sky, but I don't open that up, but I, I am on Mastodon and Kevin is too. We are at Rafa and at Kevin and our show is at Layout uh, at Mastodon.design. Check us out. That's our instance. We're all there hanging out and uh, our website is layout.fm. Check it out for all the show notes and other episodes and links to subscribe in the apps and uh, whatever. <laughs> and um, this show was edited by Laura Kond and the music is by Guillermo Silva. Thanks to his SoundCloud and show notes, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. His SoundCloud is that in the show notes? Well, well, well I don't know. <laughs> go check it out. Go, go find out. <laughs> we'll leave that as a mystery for the listener, <laughs> and we'll talk to y'all in the next one in VR. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm.